What's up everyone? Welcome to Drummer's Perspective. My name is Ben Todd and I'm here to help broaden your scope of what's possible as a drummer. Thanks so much for tuning in today, whether you're watching here on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast. I really appreciate you wherever you're coming in from. If you are here on YouTube though, please subscribe to the channel. That really does help me out and it lets you know next time I got a video coming out. Now today I had a super fun time chatting with a really good buddy of mine, Mr. Kit Chatham. Now, if you know anything about Cirque du Soleil and more specifically the drumming and percussion side of it, you know that Kit is an absolute legend in this world. He's been a part of four different creations for Cirque shows where he was involved from day one, coming up with some of the drum and percussion parts for these shows, as well as working on the sounds, the instruments used, and in some cases, developing the character and onstage acts in some specific shows. As well as this, he's just such an incredibly versatile drummer and percussionist, having a really, really authentic sound on everything from conga to tabla, to dumbek to boran to mallets to pipe band drumming, rudimental snare drumming, drum set playing. He's just over so much. And you'll hear in this conversation his approach to versatility and why it's been so beneficial to him in his career. Now, in this chat, we talk about a bunch of different things, everything from his experience with Cirque to how he got that gig in the first place, his educational experience and how he developed as a player in school and then after school, as well as just hearing some absolutely incredible advice and real world experience for anyone who's interested in touring with large scale shows uh, for an extended period of time. Kit's just had close to 20 years of touring experience playing on this level. So I know that there's gonna be a bunch of really, really useful and tangible advice and information in there for you, all you guys and girls out there. So I think that's enough chatting for now. Thank you again for tuning in. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Mr. Kit Chatham. Before we jump into today's conversation, I wanna offer you a free gift. And today that's my seven ways to attract more work as a drummer PDF guide. If you feel like you're working on all the right stuff, you're seeing improvement in your playing, perhaps you're actually quite established in your local music scene, but still you're not working just as much as you would like to, then this guide is perfect for you. Here I offer you seven ways to reapproach your development and your progression as a drummer and offer you a fresh perspective on some things you might be able to change in your development to hopefully bring in a little bit more work. The best thing about this guide is that only one of the tactics involves picking up a pair of drumsticks at all. So if you're feeling a little stuck, frustrated, and tired of not being able to be out there working and playing more, then please head to drummersperspective.com slash seven ways and grab that free downloadable PDF guide right now. Kit Chatham, thanks so much, man, for taking some time today to chat with me on the podcast. Man, it's been a long time since we've seen each other, but I'm super, super happy this is happening. So thanks again. Oh, my pleasure. I do anything for you, bro. So oh, cool. glad, I could, you. glad I could catch back up with you and chat yeah. with you for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been a long time, but we've got like uh, a lot of history, especially with Cirque. Um, uh, like you were the first guy that, took o- that I took over from uh, when I joined back in 2009. And then we got the chance to actually work together on the same show uh, on Kuza for a while, which was super, super fun. Um, that was a lot of fun, but, yeah. Yeah. But man, I remember like when I got that gig with Corteo and they sent me all the music to learn and recordings and stuff. And I'm listening through. I'm like, man, I, I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> this guy like oh. is all over it. Like, cause it's not, it wasn't just a drum set thing. It was like 
all the congas and djembe and dumbek and and on stage stuff and i was like the thing that struck me the most i think was like firstly like your versatility is something i've always like admired and and respected and kind of like you know push myself to to be like for so long but it was so authentic as well you know like there's a lot of a lot of percussionists a lot of drummers that can play like you know a bit of congas a bit of you know tambourine whatever but the way you play that stuff like you can really tell you have such a deep understanding of all those instruments. So, um, yeah, man, I just want to say thank you. So do I, do I Venmo start. you? Do I, do I Venmo you now? The money? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man, not at all. Nice I just, no, man, <laughs> no. not at all. It's like, no, no. I, it really Thanks, gave man. me like yeah. a huge push back in those early days to be like, man, I got, I got a lot of work to do, but it really, um, yeah, it, it put me on a path of like just just working on that stuff as much as I could and trying to you know do your parts uh, justice and and respect as much as I could. So yeah, man, thank you again for that. But I, I maybe I just want to start there. Like, where did um where did your like uh, love and desire and passion to learn all of those instruments come from? Like, was that something that kind of you picked up in high school or college or where did that yeah where that start? It- actually started off in middle school. Okay. So my, my brother, who's a good bit older than me, uh, was in college studying with a really versatile percussionist. He's still in Atlanta, still one of the top-notch guys. He's teaching at a university there. But um, he would bring home all these instruments. Uh, the first instrument was like a baron. And I was like, what? You know? And even younger than, than middle school, I used to sneak into his room because that's where the drums were. And I'd you know, you know, tinker around. But once he started bringing these instruments home, so he was in college by the time I was in middle school, and I was like, wow, what is that? So I kind of sparked the competitive edge, you know? I was like, oh, he's playing that. And then knowing, you know, you know, we used to, my, my parents bought us boxing gloves because we used to duke it out, just, you know, fun. So it was like that one thing, I was like, all right, he's playing that? All right, well, I'm gonna work on it so I can play it better than him. And, and, cool. and a lot of it was like um, self-exploration because there, there weren't too many people at all back then who were into a lot of world stuff. I mean, now it's, you see it all, all over the place, but back then there wasn't. So I had to do a lot of digging of VHS. I mean, this is before the internet, man. So <laughs> I was ordering books, I was getting videos and I was just trying to pick up. And a lot of it was just like really sitting and watching and analyzing people. So that, that bit of it started in high school. And then in college, I just, again, I kept branching out. I always liked to get an instrument, I'd play around with it, try to tinker with it. And then you know, me trying to honor that instrument, I would dive into it and be like, all right, how do you actually play this? Or like, I don't want to be so much of a poser, but I want to, I want to actually be respectful, but then I also want to, you know, be able to create whatever sounds I can out of it. So that, that started me off to on a path where I was just like, when I found something, I respected the, the, the traditions and the origins, but then I also was like, well, what else can I do with it to make it sound, you know, sound fucking cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it started yeah. at an early age. And even when I was in college, I, there wasn't really anyone interested in tabla or ball run was my kind of my first, my first, you know, instrument. And I'm still learning a lot more today because I, I learned a particular style and a few years back, about, about seven or eight years ago, I really got more into top end playing. So like, I'm, you know, like us all, man, I'm still learning, I'm still working on things. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, but yeah, I, to go back to, so I, middle middle school, high school, I got more into like, you know, African and, and, and Latin stuff. Um, I used to go to some African hand drumming classes in Atlanta. Mm. So that's 
again, kept me going in college. You know, my professor, they, he really didn't teach, you know, anything world. He was a Sildrum, you know, that was his one big thing that was kind of ethnic. So um, got a bit of that. But everything else was, man, just like me, you know, doing self-exploration and figuring out stuff and, and whatnot. So, yeah, it, it started early. And I guess yeah. thanks to me wanting to be better than my brother is, is kind of what <laughs> kept me driving to do it. Yeah, Man, whatever it takes. But that, that I mean, that's that's amazing that um, you were able to kind of realize at that early age, like there was so much out there, you know, because I think like, like you say, we're, we're all still discovering and still learning. Um, yeah, yeah. But it takes, uh, it takes like someone who's really switched on to, to realize like that there's a, a big world out there of things to, to grasp and, and kind of, um, yeah, learn and, and respect. But um, I was wondering, like, w- when you were working on that stuff, was it, obviously over a very long period of time, but did you find yourself going through like uh, focused, uh, I don't know, like chapters of like being in like, you know, Conga world and then now I'm in Tabla world and now I'm, you know, diving in or was it just everything kind of coming in? No, no, you're exactly right. I mean, you know, and uh, one, because of financially, financially, I mean, I just couldn't get things, you know, I had to yeah. work and save money to like buy these instruments. And every now and then, since my brother was a percussionist, you know, Christmas time, he'd feed my parents to be like, Get, get this for Christmas, you know, yeah. and it'd be like, oh, look, I got a Berenbau, sweet, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, um, so yeah, there are definitely stages where like, you know, I would focus just on, you know, the different stages of like, all right, this is the tabla stage, you know, and there were, you know, little bitty chunks of time, and then I would kind of do like a, a circular motion where I kind of go back, but yeah, mm-hmm. well, you, I would I would get really super focused on one thing, and then especially when I got a new instrument and like wanted to learn about it, like and I think um, I didn't get into like darbuka and dumbek until like in college. So that was one of those mm-hmm. things where I was like, oh, because you know that's when Glenn Velez, I got into Glenn Velez going mm-hmm. going to PAS. You know that was once I got into college. That's when I got to go to PAS and explore. And we had actually even had PAS in Atlanta back in '94. So, I mean, I got to go and just, you know, immerse myself in this world of percussion. And uh, like me, like I'm a kid in the candy store because that time I'm still in high school and I'm like, going, oh, now I'm telling you my age. You know? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, man. Be- beep it out and be like, man, kid is using some language. Anyway, um, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where I'd go and be like, oh, what is this? What is this? You know, and I make my yeah. wish list of things to buy. But you're absolutely right, man. There were stages, I think, um, and two, since I was the only one in college who did that stuff, I was the one called to play, like in the, you know, and uh, when we did jazz band, we went and toured the, the, all the, the jazz festivals in Europe, and they're like, hey, Kit, we need a conga player. You're the only one around in the school that plays it, you know? So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, let's go, you yeah, know? And, and they knew I could cover drum set as well, you know? So like, yeah. there was this little bit where, and and what's funny is the thing that sacrificed the most um, during that was my drum set playing, mm. because because I started out drum set that was my kind of like my thing and of course the, you know we both have a mutual rudimental like marching kind of you know mm. history mm. that was always there because it was there from school you know I had mm. to do it every year we you know we did lime so that was always there mm. but um. Go, um, going back drum set was one of those things where it kept taking a seat back and of course you know when that was one of the things in, in college where we had, you know, your proficiency exams and whatnot, where I would pull out, you know, and play a drum set again. And, you know, it's kind of like riding a bike, you know, but mm-hmm. then 
um, there were times when I was like, okay, the competitive nature of me in college was like, all right, this guy who's four years my elder in college, he's the number one guy in the jazz band. I want to beat him out, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm-hmm. now, so I got to sneak this in. Um, yeah. all, all that would, I know it's crazy when I look back, you know, um, things that I wish I would have prioritized better in terms of like, man, I practice this a lot and I don't play it hardly at all anymore, you know, but oh, I get, you man. know, you know, and then right? yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's, I'm glad I did it. I would not mm. change a thing, but I was like, man, if I had those eight hours there to mm-hmm. put maybe two hours here and two, you know, and like and prioritize or four and four, and you know, that would have, okay, man, that would have been so much better. But you know, and, you know, like marimba. Every anytime yeah. I go to a college and do like a, a master class, you know, I'm like, because I don't, I have a set of vibes right here, but I don't have a marimba. And I'll go, but you know, sit and I'll try and tinker around, and be like, oh, right, let me pull out the stuff that I played in my my recitals in college, you know. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. but it's just like one of those things where I'm like I don't do that much of it now. So it's like looking back, it's like you know, I love doing it, but maybe I would have been more beneficial for me to do something else. So, yeah. So yeah, man, that, that whole prioritization of like, you know, when learning, it's, it's crazy. And I, and I tell people like, you know, there's one thing where I would prioritize like something that if I want to do as a career or something that I do as a, a hobby and what I love, because mm-hmm. I have friends that are now teaching college and they love marimba more than anything. And I'm like, that's great. You love mm-hmm. it. You teach it. You share it. That, that's great. Trying to like, like fill your crayon box together and mm-hmm. get all those different sounds and colors. Sorry, I think I just, my, my internet connection or something might be a little. I think it went a little a little funky there. It's okay. We're back. We're back. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Cool, we're back. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I yeah, you mentioned something there, which um, which I I want to like come back to maybe at the end, and that's just like yeah, getting a grasp of a lot of different instruments, kind of. Um, all at once and and the people that are really into that and you know uh some some advice that you might have uh but also um yeah you said about like the the drumline thing which uh i think i've spoken to you about it in the past but we don't really have like high school drumline as a standard thing here in australia like you you have in the states and yeah. um i think it's such an amazing thing that's built into the kind of music education uh, in the U.S., it's like an incredible foundation for so many players. And but um, you know, like we've talked about this, like that transition from like drum line to drum set, and you know the application of the different techniques that you learn in drum uh, drum line, and how to adapt them to use them the best way. You know, like like because there's a lot of incredible stuff that you obviously learn there, but um, if it's not like transferred the right way it can you know end up like hindering your drum set playing um so i want to talk about that like how how did you go about like adapting those drumline um techniques you learned to to like drum set playing i really think that it had a lot to do with me being very involved in in the world stuff you know Mm. and, and and digesting all these different rhythms because the one, the one really good thing about marching band and, you know, we start in high school and then if you're like me, you do it in college and you teach in college and you teach drum, drum corps. It's, it's really about conformity. It's really about like making sure that you, you're, you're playing very quantized and very c- controlled and stuff. So it, it makes a lot of players play within a, a box and, it, mm. and you work so hard to be able to, to, to have, you know, consistent, 
you know, everything. So it's very robotic. You know, you're like, okay, I want to make sure even to the point when I was younger and things have changed quite a bit. There, there's a lot of new playing, which I love seeing. Cause you're like, you see a lot more flow. You see a lot more involvement with different parts of the, the muscles, but mm-hmm. back, you know, early on when you're teaching, just like you teach fundamentals, mm-hmm. you start with the small, so small muscles so the, or like mm-hmm. the, all right, I'm not going to incorporate that because you're incorporating multiple variables. Mm-hmm. So everything's very controlled and very boxed. And a lot of times that translates year after year after year. And a lot of people who learn these very fast technical drumming things, they, 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 they can't break that box and get into drum set world or whatever. And I, I teach that a lot with, with, mm. with people mm. and, and being able to, you know, all right, you know, all right, you're playing a 16th note time rhythm and you want it to sound Brazilian, but you're saying, how do you get that flow? I mean, so much of it is just digesting the music and singing it. All my students, you know, even when I started taking tabla, all I apply this to my students where you have to sing everything got to sing everything because that makes sure that this guy right up here, your brain is, is and this are all in line. So that way you can transfer it. So a lot of times I'll have them, you know, you want to play it. Got that. Got that. Got that. As opposed to when you learn it rhythmically in marching band, you're like, and it's, you're like, and it's even, even spaces. And you don't even get, even get to, you know, understand that a lot of rhythms in, in a lot of, other countries and you know, I remember when I was teaching in, in, in London at the Royal Military Academy I mean it was awesome seeing how they interpreted certain things because it wasn't so quantized overly quantized it had it had a little breath and stuff and even when you get to the, some of the ancient American drumming where you have like a lift roll you're like wow so it's definitely taking it to taking it to a whole new world where things are again so robotic so controlled that um, it, it really stifles a lot of like players and mm-hmm. And I mean, a lot of it doesn't translate well to drum set, you know, Mm -hmm. you get back when you play drum, you know, like when you play drum set, you know, what works well, flams work, but even flams, you interpret it a little bit different because you want a little more body. You don't want to be Mm. super, super tight, you know, like rolls, you keep in all like six stroke rolls, but like a lot of the flam drags and like Mm. it hurt does and you can do on drum set and like, Mm -hmm. but it's, you got to find the certain things that work in the vocabulary that transfers over. You know, and because you hear, I mean, you, you, I know you can tell when you sit down and listen. Um, I don't know how it is in Australia, but but here in America, when I sit down and I listen to a drummer, and I can say, oh, he's definitely he's a drum core guy, or he's a drum mm-hmm. drum line guy, because mm-hmm. it's just very it's very stiff, it's very controlled, and it doesn't it doesn't have that kind of breathability and motion in the body. You know, mm-hmm. it's very tight. It's very tight, and that's what that's what's taught, and it's taught mm-hmm. because it's easier to get that at a high level, as opposed again, what I talked about before, adding all these multiple variables. Once you add mm-hmm. that, you're adding like, well, this guy's not lifting his arm exactly the same way as that person or getting to it. So mm-hmm. what we do is we minimize those points of motion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I could chat about this for hours. That's, it's just one of those, yeah, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's like, and it's hard to break, you know, I, I, I mean, there, there are times when I have students and like, it's, and it's funny when you finally see the spark, you know, when it, when it does happen, but it's like, so much of it is just broken when I was like, all right, sing it to me. No, no, mm. no, sing it exactly what you hear. And I'll play it. And I'm like, now you sing it to me. All right. And I'll sing it to you. You know, or whatever. And I'm like, now you sing it. And I'm like, no, no. That was one thing from my t- my tabla teacher. He was like, whenever I would say that, he's like, you're not, you're not just going to say it. 
you have to emote it. You know, you have to like get get into it. I mean, that's yeah. the way where you're actually gonna. It's like, yeah, you when you're first learning, you can be like reciting just so that you can digest the the bowels and whatnot. But like, but you get into it, like really singing. You know, like, what, it's not just like. And he wouldn't allow me to play until I was like, you know, I get into yeah. it. So I I took away from that. And I was like, that's huge because like. I do that in my drum set playing. I know, I know watching YouTube, we're, we're, we're and, you know, and I, I, I keep, one of the highlights of being in, in Cirque was like when we got to play together because we, yeah. we, we, we had, you know, a language, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I know like, it's just the way our faces and the way like, you know, I would, yeah. people look at me like, what you're, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm singing the part, you know? This yeah. is the way I am, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Man, yeah, that's, it's so, just, that's huge. I mean, like, I, I know it was a it was a very broad question like <laughs> adapting drumline techniques to drum set but it's just something that um i think you've you've been able to do it so well like um make that transition but and use the skills that like i said that you learned in drumline to like a, a the best way possible and and uh recognizing the things that work and recognizing the things that don't work and kind of skimming that out but and a lot of it man yeah. a lot of it all can work it's just a matter yeah. of of like you know, putting a little, you know, of, of, you know, it's like a rubber band, like keeping it tight. I was like, you got to mm. let it loose a little bit so it can have a little more flow. And that's yeah, exactly yeah. what with drum set. It, it can't be, you can't be like, it, ha- it has, it has to flow. And not to say that that's not, not, not p- perfect and right. People have done yeah. it really, really well, man. Um, yeah. I, I look at like Chad Smith from 311. He's a drum mm. core guy. And you listen to some mm. of his tracks and you, you watch him play. He's like that. But when you listen to it, you're like, oh man, that's, that's, that's awesome, you know. So there, there are players yeah. out there who make it happen, but yeah. so, most of the time, when you when you get there, they they're just so tight that it affects their playing. You know that mm. that tension from from yeah. all your body, it, no matter what, you know, and that control. And a lot of it's like letting the sticks breathe in your hand too. Like, mm. you know, I think we've talked to quite quite a bit of us when we were together on mm. on Kuza about mm. you know like. Well, the way I hold the stick is like, man, I drop the stick all the time when I'm playing because mm. I'm really just thinking about letting it breathe into my hand. And, and like, mm. you know, I when I need to use this fulcrum right here, I'll use mm. it. But most of the time, mm. I'm usually just, I, I tell people like either like a Spider-Man where I'm, I don't have this finger clamping down on it into my palm mm. so it's tight. And I don't mm. have this pushing real tight so that it's also not moving. So I, I would... It's like one of those things where, like, if I need to bring it in, I will. And that's that drum line. You know, drum line, they'll usually teach you, like, all right, this is where everything's from. It's that and wrist, and that's it. Mm. But, it's you know, we, we understand that, you know, we don't play in a drum line anymore. I play by myself. So all yeah. those things where, like, I was taught I have to do this. I tell people, I'm like, all right, that box that you're in, I'm about to explode it, you know, because <laughs> I, I want you to just get in the habit of, of not, not thinking of, like, you know, so robotic and so technical. I want you to mm. breathe, and I want you to, you know, so yeah, it's a tough thing, man. You know, that's, I, I've, that's huge. There's a lot there. My gosh, um, yeah. I, I I guess that yeah, the thing that you you've been able to like maintain it as well. You know, to the to the degree where you can still like if if you do, you know, needed to, you could go teach drumline still. So it's all in there. But like what you do, like you say on a day to day basis now in your gig is is just like use the best parts of it. Um, but I want to kind of ask now, like. Career-wise, like you've done some incredible stuff, you know, like with Blast and with Cirque, obviously. Um, and these are kind of gigs where you got, you've gotten the chance to like utilize a lot of the 
skills that you learnt, like as a percussionist, different instruments and things like that. Was that kind of always um, a focus for you or like a, a, a desire to, to get into a gig where you could utilise all that stuff or were you kind of ready to like hone in on on anything if, if the opportunity came up? Me. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, man, I honestly, I was, what I was, when I got the gig for Blast, I was ready, to, I was on my way to grad school, mm. you know, so I wasn't, and with Blast, it was, I happened immediately after, or while I was graduating from college, and um, um, I just had a buddy, uh, uh, Dave Cox, who came up to me, he's like, hey, um, and we had a, we had a friend that was in the school that had did the Blast, the London show, the original show, so he came back, Alex McDonald. And he told us all about it. We're like, and we saw the videos and we're like, wow, that's cool that you're able to mix all this stuff together. And like, so it could. And then next thing I know, Dave comes up to me. He's like, hey, they're auditioning for like touring shows and stuff like that. And like, would you be interested? I was like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'd already had my tape ready for a grad school. I already sent it out and I kind of already had it accepted at a graduate. Mm-hmm. I kind of. Kind of piss some people off with that. I was like, "Oh, by the way, I'm not, I'm not coming to your school." <laughs> Oops, <laughs> man. Well, okay. first I pissed, I pissed the other school off. I was like, "Oh, by the way, I'm not going to your school. I'm going to this school." All right, well, well you oh, yeah, kind of yeah. no. And then I was like, "Oh, by the way, I can always go back to school, but I want to go do this gig." And it, man, just through, I, I think the, so when we got to blast, um, I was kind of like learning the marimba solo and like trying to do that. But they'd already had a, a guy that they picked, for, like cherry picked for that, who who's mm. you know, amazing. So they're hey, would you learn it? And I was like, yeah. And then Paul Rennick came to me and I don't know how familiar his name is in the, in um, Australia, but an amazing teacher. So anybody who follows drum corps, um, he's been teaching at Santa Clara for like the past few years. We're, like the, he, he wins drums all the time. It's cause he's a great teacher and he's a great mentor. You know, he's one of those mm-hmm. guys that I would I would jump in front of a car for him, you know, because mm-hmm. he, he he and I was only with him for such a short time. And, and even the concepts that I learned from him, I was like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. But when we were at Blast, he was like, hey, I hear you. um, You play snare drum really well. And from your video, you're, you're a snare drummer. He's like, hey, um, uh, we need soloists. So because um, we, were, we were thinking about this guy and this guy who's from drum corps, mm-hmm. you know, Naoki Ishikawa and um, Jeff Spanos were the two like they, they're like. They marched drum corps their whole life, but they're like, hey, we like we have another cast that we're thinking about doing. And I'm like, well, would you do it? I was like, yeah. So I, I quickly riffed out a solo. And I guess a lot, of, a lot of it comes down to the versatility of like what I spent in college it was allowed me to do that. And then the theatrics, I think the theatrics came probably because I did a lot of that earlier on. I did I studied dance when I was a kid. Mm. Um, I did a lot of theater and in either church or, or in, in even school. So I, a lot of that translated, I was comfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm a very introvert extrovert, you know, cause like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm real quiet until, but when I'm on stage, I'm a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so they got me to do that. So, and I did, the, and he's like, all right, we want you to do a, a, a stair solo for blast. And mm-hmm. it ended up being me and Aaron Gittry, the two pairs mm-hmm. and Aaron, who's now a mister. So mm-hmm. we're two both, and we both done multiple shows with Cirque. So it's kind of crazy yeah. how our, our, our journey has kind of interwoven a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah. um, but we were we were the two solos, which is odd because everyone at Blast was like drum corps background, and me and Aaron both never marched. I mean, I had taught mm-hmm. drum corps, but I never marched. It was one of those things where like going back to the story where like I was able to play congas on all the European jazz festivals. The one year I was going to march drum corps, Steve Dance came to me. He's like, "Hey, um." Would you want to go and play at all these, you know, you know, Montreux, Vienne, uh, North Seas, and like, 
I was like, well, I was going to watch drum corps. <laughs> I could either pay to go do that. Yeah. Or make, mm, yeah, I'll go, you know? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I regretted it a lot, but I think also not during doing drum corps also helped me not really suffer that box or what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when I was teaching it, you know, I was really talking about advanced concepts about playing, but I, I wasn't trying to get them to be so boxy and playing, but, um, but yeah, man. So I, there wasn't really a plan of like, oh, that's what I want to do. It just, it just happened, you know? And then yeah, from blast, I did, I did the show cyber jam in London, mm-hmm. um, for a bit and we knew it was closing. And then, um, when, while I was in blast and I, I'll say this because I owe it to him. Um, I had a roommate. We, when we all went down to Florida here in Orlando, we came down to start working on the show. I had a roommate called Paul, uh, his name is Paul Bannerman. And I know you've met Paul Bader. Yeah, yeah. I know you met him when he was. So we were roommates. And like, you know, and it ended up is that he was there to play drum set for Blast. But then there was an issue with his visa and Blast wasn't really at a point where they could manage it. So he just had to leave. And then we still kept in touch. And last thing we knew, like, like not far off, he got the gig for Verakai. And I remember once he got the gig, he was like, Kit, you need to come. And, and, and play the show. And, and we'd already seen uh, Lanuba when it was here. And I saw the, the, the different music. I was like, man, I, could, I would love to do this show, mm. you know, for sure. And what's yeah. funny is that I'm, I'm playing in that theater now. And yeah. I, like I said, I was telling you, hey, man, Ben, I'm going to be late, man, because I'm like <laughs> coming back from two shows. I got to pick oh, up some man. Taco Bell and like, yeah. <laughs> grub on it. And get my, but it's, it's, but it, and so I owe him for that. So mm-hmm. it, and then it's just, I mean, I've been very fortunate where like to join creations where Cyber Jam was a creation. So I got to basically mm-hmm. infuse a lot of my talents into or what I did into the role. Mm-hmm. Same as like you, you experienced with Corteo. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, we got into the, the role and, and the composers were like, they give the music. And, and back then that was just a demo. And I was like, well, hey, what if you think about me doing this on it? Hey, what do you think about me doing this on it? And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. And they were very open to like adding all this world elements on top of what already was kind of there. And um, so that's what, what created Corteo's book, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and Viva Elvis was, I still work with, you know, one of the arrangers for that show. He, they were very wanting to use your talents and infuse your what you do to help. Man, any composer would be smart to be like, all right, you're really good at this. You're good at this. I want you to like to help, and it makes my music look good, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so all the creations, I was, you know, fortunate to be able to like infuse a good bit of myself. Um, curious, probably not as much, just to be honest, it's not as much because mm-hmm. I was locked down the drum set for a bit. But I did get to cre- help create a, the opening act, you know, and like have mm-hmm. a big feat. Um, here it was a, it was a, a little bit different too. Like it was, you know, every show's you know different. It's more drum set, and but there are a couple of times where I get to go on stage and and do my 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 kit normal kit stuff. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's hard. You know, a lot of it's just ma- making sure that they're kind of aware of what you you can contribute, and mm-hmm. then your willingness your willingness to contribute, even mm-hmm. if they say no, and be like, hey, you know, because you know at the bottom line is like I'm only here to help make your music good and, you know, and, and help, you know, make the show better, you know? And mm. if, if I can do that, if I can do that by contributing what I love to do, it's like a win-win. So, mm. and, and I've had That's many people, awesome, man. yeah. And I've had many people say, no, we don't want that. That's yeah. cool. You know, I mean, Fun. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the reality of, of, you know, the bigger picture of what the show is. And you're like, all yeah, right, yeah. no, completely cool. 
And that's it's an interesting thing to kind of reflect on. Um, obviously, like when you are involved in the creation process and you're, you know, presenting all of these ideas, different instruments and and playing techniques and things like that, um, you're doing it from like helping the music first. But then, like long term, once you actually get into the gig, like it keeps things like interesting and fun, you know, like if the book is varied, you know, if you, if you've got a a whole bunch of different things that you can like, um, consistently work on and keep you challenged and not kind of be, uh, in, in a, in a lane where like, you're just doing like one thing, nothing wrong with that, of course, but like, you know, given given the opportunity to like to, to create a varied and versatile book, that's, that's, that's great, you know, because it's it's great for the music and it's great for you like long-term. So, so yeah, man. And I want to actually ask you like what you were just saying then about like your onstage stuff. Um, Cause I think anyone that's like seen you in a show, like knows what I'm talking about when I say like, it's incredible, the energy and um, character that you bring to those kind of moments that you get to have on stage. Um, and yeah, you mentioned before, money. like, <laughs> <laughs> it's true though, man. It's true. No, I, I appreciate it, man. I know. It's yeah, man. But it's like, um, I didn't actually know that you like had, uh, had, you know, studied dance and theater when you were younger. So I was going to, yeah, ask like, where did that come from? Because like uh, that for me, especially was a, was a very challenging thing to kind of open up um myself for that kind of uh you know workshopping when i when i got the corteo gig and uh, and working with dance you know teachers and and instructors and movement coaches and that kind of thing um but for you it's just seems so like uh, like natural you know like so where where did that really come from was it like the blast thing that like helped kind of encourage that or I, I, I the blast thing definitely helped me get out of my shell because even mm. um, at the first bit, like we would do it, I would actually get out and dance and sing on stage in front of mm. you know, and, and I've if you probably know this from working together, I, I'm not afraid of like falling flat on my face doing something, <laughs> you know, and I'll be the first to get up and laugh at myself and be like, but yeah. you, you got to be able to take, but I, I do think um, being a kind of just involved in it at an early age. It really helped me, like, kind of break a lot of that. I mean, when I was in dance class as a young kid, I was like a like a ten year old kid in a in a class, bunch of fifteen, sixteen year old girls, and I was the only mm-hmm. boy. So when you're doing across the floors with, with a you know a, a bunch of which I'm not complaining about at the time, you know, I was, I was <laughs> but it was like when you're a young kid and you're 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 having to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you're kind of having to break that stuff. So um, mm-hmm. definitely breaking that early on and then doing it, you know, repetitive and repetitive. I think that was, it made it kind of easy to like, okay, get out there. De- definitely like what, what I did and it's been, you know, what I did with Blast and then transferred over to CyberJam and then CyberJam to Corteo, it definitely grew. And with what I was comfortable doing and what I was, uh, you know, not afraid to explore in terms of body movement and whatnot. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, uh, as much as I, I hate it, man, I ended up like, so I remember doing it for a bit and I remember going to my parents and be like, yeah, I kind of want to quit. But I, instead of quitting dance, I, I ended up transferring. This is again, going to age me. <laughs> I, I, I got over to break dancing. So I, I yeah, got wow. like starting, you know, I know. So that was like when that was something. So, um, yeah, I, I think all, all that kind of helped again, just, mm-hmm. you know, make me make it so I'm a more comfortable, you know, I, there's nothing like, so my, my dad was a preacher. My mom was a music minister. So, mm. Um, I was, 
not, nothing will scare you more than than like getting in front of a, a whole congregation and having to sing a solo when that's what wow. one of the things yeah. you're the least comfortable about because that yeah. that is like i don't feel like i have a bad voice but i'm not always comfortable singing in front of people you know if i'm singing in the background or blending in choir that was a but when you know knowing that my mom was the music minister i had you know there were times where she's like all right i have a thing planned for you to sing in front you know i'm like really really you're gonna do this to me he's like you know you're like come on i'm but um and 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 it still happens man like so a little side story uh when i was with curious we were in toronto and the pr lady comes to me and she's like kit you're american and i was like you're right i am american (laughs) she was like she was like um i hear you played baseball as a kid and i was like you're correct i played baseball as a kid where's this going and um she was like um, we're going to do the first pitch at the Blue Jays games. And we thought that you should do it. And I was like, what? They're like, you're the only, you're like, you're the only one who has any experience throwing a ball in the entire cast. And I was, or like wow. that. And I was like, that was so again, getting out of your comfort zone. Mm. That's the most nervous I've been in years. <laughs> years. So you have like wow. 20,000 people around you mm. and your job is to take a ball, a baseball, and throw it 60 feet and make sure it just doesn't bounce and you know that in the catcher's glove man i was so nervous and i was like man i could come out here and play a solo in front of all these guys musically and, and not sweat well i would have you know you have those natural jitters but i wouldn't be like yeah. shaking and freaking out like i was yeah, yeah. i was backstage i would i remember it vividly because that was the day that prince died so um wow. and that was when we so i was and i was like oh great man and I'm like, oh, this is just keep adding on stuff to me. I was mm. bad enough. I got to throw this ball. Oh but I mean, it, it, it shows you that like, you know, the, if you're comfortable doing something like if I was a kid doing that all the way up to baseball, I wouldn't have sweat. Mm. But, but mm. doing that thing for the first time and I practiced for it. I didn't go out there cold. And mm-hmm. luckily I, I, I did OK. I didn't bounce it. It was a strike. You had to, you had to go a little to the right. But I was like, I'm happy with that. Yeah, take it. <laughs> well, and they asked me to do it again in my hometown in Atlanta. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So that was a, a little more nerve wracking because it was. my. But anyway, um, yeah. yeah, it just goes to goes to show that, like, yeah, I, I wasn't comfortable with that. It was something that they were asking me to do that. I was just not I hadn't had the, t- the time, the chops or to develop that. So um, I was nervous as hell, man. I was freaking mm-hmm. out. Wow, I think like that's that's a really interesting point you bring up though of of just um, starting your development uh, with a certain skill at a young age. Like I I feel like that's so um, s- such a like useful piece of advice because when you get older, as you know, like your time to like work on new things and really like dive into new things just like gets you know, shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was going to ask like what advice you would have to people who want to work on the, uh, on like, you know, having more stage presence and energy. Um, but I think it kind of like ties on to really any skill, um, which is like, if you do have even just the slightest interest in it at, at a younger age, whatever it might be, like, dive into it <laughs> because you, could, you know i sound like an old man but like you know yeah like the, the older you get you just get less time to, to get into that stuff so yeah like it, that's I, really, I think really like, cool i don't know if you guys have the american office over there but it's like i think of michael scott going to improv class or something like that you need like <laughs> classes like that that gets you out of your comfort zone to where you're you're trying new things and you're like all right you're a cat you know, what do you know? You know, what do you do? I don't know. But like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you have to get out and, and know some people have it naturally, you know, mm. and I, I, I won't claim that. I just feel like I was, 
I worked at it from a young age. I mean, I, I do think like I was, I, I, you know, with dance and certain things, I felt like I got it pretty easily because of the natural rhythm that I had. Like, so mm-hmm. I, but, um, but still, even then I was like to explore when I was doing blast, I had an acting coach, George Penny, who would work with me for hours on just wow. a snare drum solo. And I'm like, I'm doing a snare drum solo. And he's like, you know, he's like, Hey, do this, but you know, you're acting. I don't want you to act. And I'm like, yeah, of course I'm acting. I'm like, don't act. He's like, no, I want it. I want it to be genuine. And and this is what I something that I tell people that like replaced me on, on like you know on gigs and stuff. I'm like, um, you know, I infuse me into the roles. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to infuse me as mm-hmm. you infuse me, it's not going to work. You mm-hmm. know, just the way we move and how we 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 communicate. We you know, it, it's different. I was like, the, the quicker that you can find you, you and express that and, and build upon that, it's, it's, it's the best way to go. You're being genuine. That, and that's the, uh, that's the other mm. thing, too. Like, you're, you're, not, you're not fake smile, you know? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like, so it's, it's one of those things where, like, you, you – um, and you know, a lot of people have different methods. I'm not a professional actor or a professional. I mean, I've, I think what I've developed is um, playing well on stage with movement but the f- one thing, one lesson, and I got this from Paul Rennick, and I, I, te- I tell this to, to musicians, musicians in the band that I play all the time, is like, no matter what we're doing in terms of movement, as soon as that movement starts to affect our playing, then we need to reel it back. Because what are we there first for? We're, the fir- we're there to produce the music. And mm-hmm. I can do all this crazy stuff, and like, but mm-hmm. once it starts affecting my, 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 my playing, or if I can't do it, like... Uh, like 98 times out of a hundred that way, mm-hmm. you know, then, then maybe I, you know, I, I need to, I need to reel it back and then you mm-hmm. dial it down. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people, you'll see a lot of people like moving around and, and then, and like you listen to them play and you're like, yeah, okay, you're playing suffering, you know? Suffering, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm, to- I'm totally aware of that. And, and like, you know, and, and I push the limits, you know, there are times mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, all right, well, let's see what I can do, you know, goofing mm-hmm. around or whatever, doing, you know, <laughs> Yeah, but then you yeah. find those moments when you're not playing, you know, that's when it gets back to like, just like playing, playing space, you know, yeah. there's times when I'm not playing that I can play that space with like motion. Like if I want to, if I'm playing a drum set part, mm-hmm. you know, I can, yeah, yeah. I can, pl- I can play that space and make it look big, even though when I'm, yeah. I'm not really playing hard, you know, yeah, so yeah. There, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, again, we can, you know, that's like a whole other hour thing of like, you know, techniques of like how I do when I play or like with a stick mm. or like how, what I do to control to make sure like even when I'm, when I'm coming down, I'm like, I'm not jamming, like playing like a soft bat beat, loud bat beat, soft bat yeah. beat, loud bat beat, you know, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, man, that that's tr- so true because, um, yeah, it's it's obviously a, a skill in itself to, to do that, you know, like I think a lot of people when they want to, uh like look like they're you know having more fun quote unquote like they just play louder but it's not that at all man it's just like it's it's a completely different motion yeah because the, the physics is still you're not going to beat physics you know and mm-hmm. like they say like if, if, if you're going to try to do a big motion and not not being able to like at least break it or caress it i mean it's mm-hmm. going to be loud just because the mm-hmm. amount of velocity that you're creating the amount the amount of energy that you're creating it's going to be a loud mm-hmm. note and, you know, we all know what happens in it. It's things start to distort, you know, mm-hmm. things start to peak. And like, so you got to, you still have to have an ear for like, all right, oh, yeah. okay. You know, I was a little too loud on that crash, you know, <laughs> self-real, that's when self-realization, you're like, well, okay, kid, 
Yeah. Dial it back. That yeah, sounded yeah, like yeah. that sounded like crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, noted. Good. Move on. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Cool, man. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, like you, you mentioned, there's something interesting, like you know, being able to do something 98 times out of 100, which is uh, you know, tying onto something I wanted to talk to you about, which is like being on tour for a long time or being in a show for a long period of time, and um, just how you go about keeping things fresh and interesting like on on a musical level um because i think like uh you know we've all got anyone who does the the kind of work like the long-term touring or show work has their own ways of of doing that but uh yeah i'd love to hear your take on 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 the things that you know keep you interested in and not letting things get stale yeah i'm pretty sure we'll probably be on the the, the same page about this um Mm. uh, one thing is well outside Making sure that you have musical outlets outside of work to, that fulfills those create things that your creative needs, those um, the, just again, filling those voids that you're not going to get by playing the same music every day. Like if that's writing, if that's, you know, a, um, just working on a different instrument or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. or or if it's just, you know, like watching documentaries and learning on stuff, mm-hmm. what, whatever. You got to fill that void with something for me musically that I can do. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that I do, I'll work on other projects for other people. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit harder on tour, but I've done it on tour. But but I usually did it with samples. You know, I would manipulate you know samples and create you know tracks for people. Um, mm-hmm. Here, I have I have my studio, so I can I can make stuff. So that's stuff that I do on the side. Mm-hmm. Now in the show, it's where you find these like little challenges for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to try and work on this technique, and or I'm going to try to make I'm going to focus on. You know, making sure my backbeat is right with this the entire show. Or I'm gonna, all right, mm. I'm gonna make sure. You know, these little bitty micro challenges that you try to better yourself. And and even like there, there are times when I'm like, all right, I I when I do a lot of my doubles, I'm more of a hill down guy. Um, it's well, I'm a hill guy, down guy when it's on the main beat, but when it's on the off beat, I'm a, I'm a you know, up. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, for this show, I'm gonna play all hill up. You know, mm-hmm. so that's one of those mm-hmm. things where like I put those micro challenges in the music, and you mm-hmm. know, okay, you know. So, I mean, and there's a, a I, and I think I've, I've, you kind of touched on this too. And when I was watching one of your podcasts um, and one of your, your videos and like, mm-hmm. yeah, you just, you just find these little different things in the show to, to f- focus on. And, and that, mm-hmm. I do the same thing. I, and I focus, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to try to play this like this person plays it, but mm-hmm. still stay within, still stay within the realm of, of what fits the music, you know? Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. side, side story, there's just so many drummers out there who, think selfishly when it comes to music that I really try to teach them be like, look, you're serving this music. You got to understand that we're not trying to sit here and cram notes. You know, mm. I, I tell him, I was like, look, a lot of times when people, I was like, I have the ability to play fast notes, but mm. I'm suiting the music I'm suiting. And mm. I'm, I'm thinking more of a producer, you know, mm. of making sure how things relate to how I'm, if there's a uh, 16th note ostinato going on in a string sample, I'm not going to start playing six tuplets, you know, fills over on top of it. So yeah. this is a conscious <laughs> awareness of like th- things musically. And I see that all the time and I'm, and I'm like, hey, man, just I want to help, you know, help you out. But like, I don't know if you're, you open your ears of like that. But like, so a lot of it is like not being selfish with the mu- music and like being, knowing that like I'm, I'm there. All right, I'm going to try to make this a little fatter tonight. All right. This feel like. You know, maybe I'm going to sit back and see how that, that feels, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I, I also like to, in those challenges, I like to video myself and I go back and watch it and I'm like, wow, okay. I like, oh, kid, what were you thinking, bro? What were you <laughs> thinking on that one? I mean, it sounded okay, but like, 
it's yeah, not yeah. you know it's it's like mm, you know I, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. know how it is like no, of course I, yeah. i'm my harshest critic so it's like ah oh, man mm. I, I could do that better so the next night i'll go back and i'll focus on that one thing and be like all right and then i'll get that ingrained into my playing so like mm-hmm. um yeah, man yeah you got you gotta like have little bitty like challenges and little focus things and 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 also man like keep working on yourself you know like mm. ever and this is one thing i and again i'm skipping around a lot to your viewers um i remember when we when we first joined kuza together i remember walking mm. on site and i hear boom spots and i'm like all right what is it and i'm like and what i do i go knock on a trailer i'm like hey man i was like <laughs> and like it was inspiring to me because like i want this i i don't practice enough you know, mm-hmm. I find my practices, but I like I, when I saw your dedication, your practice, I was like, "Wow, that's oh man, kid, get your get your crap." <laughs> oh, um, yeah, come it, on, no, but it's it's one of those things too, where like those are things that that help um, fuel you when you're doing a repetitive thing at night. You're you're mm-hmm. sitting there working on challenging yourself on other things, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. And mm-hmm. what is that going to do? It's just going to strengthen what you have to add and contribute to your gig. You know, mm-hmm. you know the great thing about yeah, circus. Short music is very eclectic at times. I mean, there mm-hmm. are shows like the current show that I'm on now. It's very symphonic, so it's it's not quite your typical cert. There are elements mm-hmm. here that are kind of typical, but it's not like it's very symphonic. So I find myself, you know, playing more like a, a symphonic drum set player. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, when when you learn more more and you work on things and you work on your independence and you work on all that stuff, I mean, it's just going to help you know continue to make you grow and 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 contribute to the music there. I mean, the same thing happened for both of us in in terms of being able to band lead a, a show, mm-hmm. you know, being a drummer and band leading a show, you you have to have a good level of independence and just, you know, awareness of, mm-hmm. of, of what's going on and that comfortability of like, all right, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm not only using my four limbs, but my mouth and everything and, like, and having to like at times do other stuff, but it's like mm-hmm. all that added practice on the side that mm-hmm. we're doing just to fulfill and pass the time of doing a, a show you know, 367 year, times a year, or here, yeah. a, a resident show is 476 times a year. I mean, that's a lot of oh, shows. Oh man, that's a lot. Of yeah, shows. that's how that's how many resident resident shows with Cirque do. 477. That's including the dress rehearsal. You do one dress rehearsal a year, so you do a lot of shows, and that's a lot of repetition. You got to and luckily, you know, with Cirque, it's a different animal because there are different things happen night to night. So mm-hmm. you know, with te- mm-hmm. technical or artists like you know needing more time to do a trick or like, you know, having to do a trick over. So there's all that stuff that keeps you on your toes. But no, nah, man, I, I get you. That's one of the challenges that I know a lot of people have is like, you're doing something night after night at night. How do you keep it fresh? Mm-hmm. And um, so, and that's one of those things where like side stuff, you know, ch- little challenges in the music, focusing things, mm-hmm. incorporation mm-hmm. Of, of different elements into the show. And I'm, and I'm sure that I'm missing a, a bunch of things, but that's what I'm thinking off on the top of my head. No, man, it's great. That's that's great. I mean, we're definitely on the same page with that. Um, but I think um, it was interesting, like you mentioning, like hearing me practice and that being inspiring. I think that was one of the most um, incredible things about working for a Cirque for such a long time is just constantly like coming onto site every day and seeing like mainly the acrobats, really, like their dedication to 
like working on their act or their, you know, their fitness, their body, whatever it might be, you know, there's guys and girls in there like every day for hours. And like, as a musician, like, I think like we can kind of get lazy and, you know, just think like, Oh, I got my stuff together, you know, do do my gigs, whatever. And then you're in an environment like Cirque where you're coming in and you're just constantly reminded, like these people are just like so dedicated. And it's like, why can't I be like that? You know, why, why should, why should it be any different for me? Like I'm, I'm doing something I love to do and I want to get better at. So like, uh, you know, trying to apply that mentality to, to getting better at playing is, was huge for me. And I think, yeah, for you too. I, I think a lot of people like with being music, we, we get like, we, we don't think there's a, a end point. Mm. You know, we can, but with, with acrobats, there's a, there's an end point because mm. as I'm getting older and I've already mm. kind of alluded to my age. So I hope you again, bleep that off. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Give you some more money. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, but we, we don't have a specific end point. They do. Mm. And I, as I get older, I mean, I, I, I can feel different physical challenges, you know, and curious. I was very active in dancing and I herniated my back and you realize mm. like, if you want to do like what the acrobats do for a long period of time, you have to do that. You have to invest mm-hmm. in your body and your health and training. And, and mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, it, it, you're exactly right, man. It's one of those things that's inspiring to see. And I, I saw it when I first joined with Cirque, I was like, wow, they're, wow, they're doing it. And it, it got me to actually even try some acrobatic stuff, which that didn't mm-hmm. last very long. But it's like, <laughs> all right, but, but you know, it's um, continued growth, you know, and that's, yeah. and, and man, I took advantage of Cirque as, as much as I could. Like in it, whenever we were in a city and I knew of a teacher there that, or, or somebody that I wanted to study with, I, I, I would I'd message them ahead. Of, I'm sure you've done the same thing. So mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I know, um, but I would, you know, I'm in Japan. All right, let me mm-hmm. look. Okay, I can study Taiko with this person. And I did it, yeah. you know, or I, uh, I'm, in, you know. Yeah. So it's, 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 and you, you find those things because you, you, you want to, I mean, also as a percussionist, I wanted to, I wanted to refine my skills and, and be true to that. But also it's like, you know, man, I mean, we're, we're all keep, you know, humility is a big thing, man. I, I tell all my students, you know, mm. you're never going to be the absolute best at anything. So be humble mm. about it, but also mm. understand that we're continue, we all continue to grow and get better. So mm. I, I to, even to this day, I, I, whether it be like, I'm, I'm learning like, like, all right, what, you know, different, you know, compression or EQ techniques to apply mm-hmm. to, to my recordings to make my, my drums and my percussion sound the best, or whether it's not, how do I play something to make it, you know, sound the best. So there, there's, man, there's so much stuff out there. And man, I mean, you're a good bit younger than me, but I didn't have YouTube when I was a kid, man. So mm-hmm. I, I use it like crazy these days to be like, are you do that? Okay. That's, I mean, man, if I was a yeah. kid and didn't have to wear out, cause I remember watching Buddy Rich and Buddy Rich, <laughs> Neil Peart, a drum core. I would, and there's a, a lot of others, Giovanni Hidalgo, Steve Gadd. Mm-hmm. I would wear out those VHS tapes where like the magnetic strips were just done. <laughs> you know, we're done. Wow. Cause I would yeah. like, how, how does Buddy Rich do that? You know, this, you know, the stick thing or how does he, you know, what is he, how, how, how does his hand do it? You know, I, I would sit yeah, there yeah. and geek, geek out on it. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, Oh man, that's amazing. I mean, like, yeah, there's, I, I kind of caught maybe the tail end of VHS, I think, like, uh, in, in elementary school and high school and then like the DVD thing came and then, yeah. yeah so, but uh, DVD YouTube was, was in really high school. Thing. So yeah. Yeah. YouTube, yeah. 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 You, YouTube, YouTube was like, YouTube. that was like late high school for me, I reckon, but th- still like, I know what you mean. Like just having all of that stuff at the, at your fingertips is, is 
incredible these days. Um, but you, yeah, you mentioned about like, um, you know, just the amount of energy that you exert on stage. Like, and I know like from working with you and knowing you, like you, you're really into fitness and staying healthy and all, all that kind of stuff as much as you can. So do you have like um, a, a specific like routine that you try and stick to, especially like in showtime, like when you are doing eight, to 10 shows a week? Well, I mean, you caught me at a bad time as it's just like, boy, I feel the worst. <laughs> Oh, no, because no, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, well, I, I, I've let you know, like, um, I'm, I'm leaving the show, and so I'm moving across the country back to, Ve- I'm moving back to Vegas from Orlando, um, mm-hmm. and transitioning to other stuff, um, but, um, so I've, ha- I've been a lot, a little stressful, I haven't worked out, but I, I still like my, I, I like to run is one of my big things, is because it's kind of my meditation time where I can just go and mm-hmm. and listen to some music and then just run through my thoughts through the day again. It's like it's my meditation. And then, of course, you get that runner's high afterwards. I mean, I also do spin bike. I also do a lot of I'm, – I'm doing a lot more body weight type stuff. Like I, I know when, when we were together, I was doing a lot more – like I got into heavy lifting, and then I slowly graduated. Because I, I felt like it, it wasn't hindering my playing because even when I was doing that, I made sure to like stretch out and make sure that mm-hmm. I, I still was very limber. Um, I didn't want to get too bulked up, but like um, – no, I, I, I still work out at least five to six times a week. Um, mm. I ran this morning before shows. We had early shows. So um, before, so I'm selling, since I'm moving back to Vegas, I'm selling my house here. So I was mm. like, all right, got up, vacuumed the whole house because it was an open house for people to come through. And like, all right, I'm going to yeah. run from, I'm going to go for a run. And then I got to okay, finish and get that, you know, leave the house and then I got to go do two shows and then, okay, t- mm. do two shows. And then I got to rush to Taco Bell. And, and <laughs> do you guys have Taco Bell? I can't remember. We so my time, man. We that's why, cause I was thinking, I was like, I was in, in the line. I was like, all right, I got to hurry. Cause I got to get to meet a Tom. I mean, t- 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 uh, Ben, I can't believe I just <laughs> said that. It's happens all the time. It's happens all the time. It's okay. I was like, I got to hurry to Ben. And um, I was like, all right. And I'm sitting in the line to talk. And I was like, you know what? I don't remember seeing a Taco Bell when I was in Australia. I remember yeah. seeing Burger King, which was was it Hungry Jacks? Hungry Jacks. And, I, and of course, you got Mc, everyone's got McDonald's. But I'm like, yeah, I yeah. don't think they. Anyway, so I was like, that's why I was like, I don't yeah, think they yeah, have yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a busy day. But no, I try to fit in, uh, you know, a run or I'll do spin bike with like or I'll do like you know weights. I, I don't yeah. do I don't do a lot of hand type stuff anymore like like i do like assisted pull-ups because i don't want to put too much pressure on my i've noticed that i've I've, over time of playing Mm. so much that i need to take better care of my hands Mm. so i i I, any type of really hard grip stuff i really i i do strengthening stuff and conditioning but i don't go overboard with it Mm. um yeah um, it's just interesting because i like i said i like i obviously know how much you work on stage like both on a playing level and like if just a physical exertion of jumping around and 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 going crazy and like that takes a lot you can't just you know expect to be able to do like yeah eight or ten shows and and not do anything to maintain that you know and uh, again like as musicians like we kind of sometimes think like we've got our musical skill set that's all we you know have to have to really worry about but then when you know even just, I'm sure you've worked with them too, like musicians in the Cirque band who like they they struggle to get through a week of just playing their instrument, you know, sometimes. And like, yeah. not, not to mention like what you do, you know, with all of the onstage um, stuff. Um, but yeah, that takes a lot. So I was just curious as to like, you you know, it's obviously like an intentional thing for you to maintain that. Because no, there's, I mean, I, mean I, I look at people my age 
um, that, and I, and I look at them and I'm like, you know, and just, I mean, I, I do it because there's no way I would be able to like do even, even what I do in this show here, jumping around and like acting crazy on stage. No, there's no way. Um, and every now and then when I feel like, okay, uh, I need to, you know, do, I do, one thing I didn't mention, um, and I'll tell drummers this, I do a lot of core work at least three mm -hmm. times a week. Cause especially mm -hmm. drummers, when you're sitting down and you're like hunched over and like, mm. you, you want to. I, I notice when I play percussion, you know, I have better, better posture, but mm. when I play drum set, I get into this, the, mm -hmm. you know, you know what it is. So, yeah, um, I hunch. make I, the hunch. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, so I tell people, and I, and when I herniate my back, um, a doctor, and this is important for all drummers, um, a doctor was like, you know, like the way we evolved, you know, we weren't supposed to stand up, you know, straight and that we're just putting constant pressure on our spine. And so like, it's one of those things it's almost like flossing your teeth, like, at an early age, everyone should be taught like you need to take care of your core and maintain mm -hmm. that strength. So that's something I, I still do at least three times a week. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and I even have an inversion table that helps me kind of extend and make mm -hmm. sure that I, I release. So, yeah, I, I, I um, that's still a, a very important part of, of, of what I do. But, I mean, physically and mentally, like I said, I meditate when mm -hmm. I run because it, 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 it allows me to exert that energy and get all that negative energy out and just to suss mm. through my thoughts. So I don't have to go into a quiet room and do that. I can do that on the street, listening to, you know, some rage against the machine or some, you know, whatever <laughs> I want to put yeah. on. Like what I feel like listening today, do I, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's great, man. Wow. Okay. Lots of, yeah, lots of, to take away from that. But yeah, I kind of thought that it would be, um, yeah, obviously like a, a planned thing for you to, to stay on top of your physical health and mental health. Again, like that's a whole different thing we could talk about, especially the, yeah, yeah. uh, the long-term nature of doing those kind of, you know, shows, just staying like in a, in a good place, like mentally is, uh, is huge. No, but, I mean, it's, um, I wanna, just the, yeah. the nature, the nature of doing something over and over with and expecting a you know, different result is insanity. So like, you know, when yeah. you have like these players that like you said that have a struggle, a hard time and playing, I mean, mm. you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things just like, Oh, you know, going through the rigor of, you know, it, it, it gets mentally daunting, you know, mm, and then mm. like just being able to do 10 shows a week like I do here and then mm. adding on, you know, outside of show life and, and like mm -hmm. and then other things that I want to do. Yeah, it's, you know, mm. pri yeah. prioritizing yeah. scheduling and uh, that's it, man. That's a, I know you 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 do uh, just making sure you schedule things out and make plans mm. and try to try to stick to them. It's It's huge. Otherwise, mm. you're just. You're floating out there in this, in, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, just anyway. trying to yeah grab onto anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah to survive. So, it's just yeah. I want to ask like, what's the like, what's you know reflecting? Because yeah, you mentioned you're kind of like coming to the end of your time with this specific show, um, with Cirque. Um, what's been the most enjoyable show to be a part of, and what's been like the most um, challenging show? To challenging. Be a part of? Mm -hmm. um, so, I I think I have different like categories. Uh, yeah. of that i uh corteo's my baby you yeah. know it's been mm -hmm. you know 19 years man so that i mean mm -hmm. to do that creation um and i think that was the mo the one that allowed me to most sink myself into like you know the, the music so like in terms mm -hmm. of in terms of just music like playing the music that's probably my most enjoyable show mm -hmm. i mean because it had it had really good music and it did have a lot of corporation on stage and you know, we were seeing the, you know, we were seeing mm -hmm. the entire time. The audience were sitting around us. So it was like, I, mm -hmm. we had that constant like connection with people. Um, mm -hmm. My favorite show to perform was Viva Elvis. 
and, and it was just the you got a chance, didn't you? Didn't you and Amanda? I did, come man. And see it was yeah, so yeah. good, so great. I mean, and and it's like it's it's one of those shows where like I mean the band was we we I think it was the first search show where the band had its own act. You know, we yeah, we man. came up and we played Burning Love, and it was just a. Yeah. Um, and I remember like when my when my sub was in covering for me or on call. It's what we call them in Cirque. Um, sitting out and watching the guys in the band there, and mm-hmm. you know, I played percussion that show. And then we had Benoit, who was a drum set player, and we had the guitar JS and Ollie, the guitar players, Pat on bass, and then we had the horn section with Bruno, JF, and um, uh, Jason. And I just remember sitting there watching it with my my on call and be like, "Man, these guys are ridiculous." You know, yeah, and I get, I yeah. mean, and I'm like, I mean, that's what, what, you know, it's good when you sit back and you're like, wow, I play with these guys and it's, it's yeah, yeah. so, and we were all around the same age. So we were like a big brotherhood. So I think mm-hmm. that is one, and one of the shows to me, it's very special because of like, mm-hmm. all those layers. Like the band was like on stage, like pretty much 90% of the time we were featured and we had this bond together where we all played and we played a mm-hmm. lot outside of the shows and we still keep in touch very like heavily, like, um, um, and a lot of the people are still in Vegas. A lot of the other guys are in Montreal. I remember when I was with Kuza in Paris, I went and saw mm-hmm. the guys there, they were playing with Garou, you know, and it was, it yeah. was a cool thing. Um, I think the most challenging, uh, has been this one, yeah, uh, sure. this show, because one, it happened during the pandemic. So we started creation mm-hmm. and then the pandemic happened and then we mm-hmm. had another creation. So, and, and we're still, the show is even to this point still evolving and, and, um, you know, this is probably the one show where I, I'm I'm seen the least because I'm in a tower and I go on stage mm-hmm. for a couple of times. So so I don't have that energy that I feed off people. And for mm-hmm. me, that's a huge that's a, that's a huge thing. You know, if mm-hmm. it'd be di- it'd be different if um, you know, if maybe if I was in Vegas doing the same show and I was with my family and whatnot. But like the cha- and then the challenges of being away from my family has been another thing mm-hmm. because on tour, you know, we're we are we're off every six or eight weeks, so I could go back mm-hmm. and forth. You know. But um, here uh, we get four weeks off a year, so it's 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 pretty challenging in in, in terms of like a lot of the variables and whatnot. So um, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, I mean, I, Kuza was great, man, because we got to and like, I I still like talk to the guys and like you know it was great because I remember like when we would just like like play licks back and forth and like. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> do our little thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, was, it was it was it was it was it was fun. So you, yeah. you I have those special moments and like little bitty things in, in like in, yeah. in every show. But um but yeah, I think I think yeah. Corteo the, the the music and what I got to play percussively. Uh, I think in yeah. all the all-encompassing show, it was um uh it was Viva Elvis. Curious was a very special show cuz I got to do a, a a drum feature that I helped create mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, yeah, I think I think you know, that's probably. And there's the a ranking. lot, yeah. There's, there's a lot, man, man. Yeah. and then you, you, a, you, like I said, you, you've been able to put so much into every show, so of course, you know, there's going to be little bits of everything you've done that, that are going to be favorites. But, but yeah, I, I can definitely understand why those would be your pick, man. Elvis was definitely like, uh, for me, like the band was like the best thing about that show. Like it was such a shame it had to close, but. You know, and that's what everyone that's what everyone who came and saw, everyone who came and saw <laughs> yeah. the show it's like the, the, what's yeah. the best part of the, the band and I'm like yeah yeah and I and I, I hated that but then it, it, part of it is like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no I mean, <laughs> but but, but yeah. it's and but like I said even taking my stuff out of the equation watching the other guys play it's like God these guys are freaks you know yeah and yeah. just 
I remember uh, like another, so when I was with um, the creation of Curious, um, mm-hmm. a lot of those guys were playing at a place called Bistro Jojo. I don't know in downtown Montreal, and mm-hmm. I told the guys, I was like, hey. Um, after we're done with shows, let's go. And it was me, the, the cellist, and the violinist. Um, mm. I think maybe the bass part. I can't remember. Anyway, um, we were like, hey, I, my buddy Benoit, Pat, and JS are all playing with, with, mm. a, with a couple of things. He's like, let's go catch him. And mm. I remember I remember JS is like the, his guitar playing. I remember seeing the guys and their, their mouths were just like. Because <laughs> he was, right. I mean, he was yeah. just doing crazy stuff on the fly. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm saying he's a freak, and it's amazing. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. the way he can it's, just, it's super special. Yeah, when you get to like share a show long term with with musicians you respect so much, that's that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. but I I want to um yeah kind of uh, tie tie it up a little bit where you know someone comes to see you you know say someone saw you in Corteo or even here in, in Draw to Life and like is super inspired by like you playing all these different instruments and different styles and and all of that kind of stuff just like on a versatility level thinking like i want to do that you know like someone perhaps like a little bit into their career or into their like learning development like Mm. what advice would you have to someone who just wants to like do everything you know i you mentioned before about like scheduling time and like going into certain chapters of uh of of focus and analysis on different instruments but yeah like you say it can be overwhelming if you are of that mindset and that personality where you just want to be good at everything you know uh like what yeah what advice would you have for, for someone like that well first of advice is just just know that you're you're not going to be uh, probably the the master of everything you know mm-hmm. i mean i mean mm-hmm. i am the first to be like look you know uh, mm-hmm. I tell people when they like, I, I got hired a lot for playing drum set, but I don't feel like that's my, my, my gig. You know, I love yeah, it. I've been sure. doing it since I was a kid and I, I still work on it, but that's one of those things. I, I, the humility part of like, just understand, but that shouldn't stop you to trying to be <laughs> the best, mm-hmm. you know, the master of everything. Mm-hmm. Your, your goal should mm-hmm. still be that to just realize like, you know, that's, it's going to be hard to attain. Uh, the, we talked a little bit before, and these aren't in any, in the order. But um, mm-hmm. definitely prioritize, you know, if there's something like you say, hey, this is what I want to do. And I get that mm-hmm. question a lot. Say, hey, Kit, I want to mm-hmm. do exactly what you're doing. And I'm like, all mm-hmm. right, what are you working on? What are you working on in college? Or what are you working on? It's like, mm-hmm. well, this is, this. I'm like, again, I, I nothing. I, and people are like, you're a marimba hater. I'm like, I'm not a marimba hater at all. <laughs> I'm just telling yeah. you. I, I, I and once you get the foundation of like, and I, again, I, I still, I mean, I have Malcat, I have vibes, I play. I, I can play formats I, I, and I love it, but I'm like, I'm not, just, I, once I get the technical skills and stuff like that, and I get, I'm not just like, I understand like, there's not many gigs out there for that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like the mm-hmm. mount, even an orchestral. And, it, and that was the other thing too, man. Like, so when I was a kid, my parents wanted me to be an orchestral percussion. So I studied with a lot of orchestral mm-hmm. people. And, mm-hmm. and when I got older, I realized like that wasn't for me because I wanted to play you know, I, when I got tired of playing, how many times can I, different ways I can play poor game best, you know, mm. you know, I just got to, you know, share hairs. I mean, and, but it's, it's, there's nothing against, and that's a whole art within itself. But I realized if I want to do this, you know, maybe not doing eight hours a day or on four hours a day on Rimba is maybe spend an hour a day, you know, maybe spend two hours on drum set maybe spend another two hours on, on world percussion, you know, prioritize mm-hmm. your time so that you're, you're focusing on the things that are going to get you the gigs, 
mm-hmm. and, and, and to get you work. And those are like the commercial mm-hmm. percussion, being able to lock in on drum set, being able to have a mm-hmm. good time, all, all those, mm-hmm. all, all, everything around those things that to make those things work well, you need to do. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. thing, the most probably the most important thing is to find someone to help mentor you and guide you to get there, mm-hmm. to give you mm-hmm. that professional advice. Because mm-hmm. um, there, there are a lot of times when I was studying different, like, like we'll go back to tabla, you know, I, I thought mm-hmm. like you, I play nah and I play nah like like this and like no it's it, you know he, just getting like all right from a, a true professional and like a guy who's you know from from India and like and really like working on your misconceptions because I mean as much as I want to sit and watch VHS tapes or, or watch YouTube yeah. you're not gonna you're, you're you're gonna perceive it as this but then there's something that's like no it looks like that but this is actually the intention of the motion. And when, mm. when you get, when you, when you apply the intention, the motion of whatever, it completely changes the energy and the sound. And, and so you gotta, you gotta get with a teacher who's going to help guide you and mold you with that. Um, mm-hmm. and that's about seeking out, you know, all right, who, 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 who plays this? And, and it's mm-hmm. like finding, and, and I tell people, it's like, it's like finding starter people. Like when I started taking mm-hmm. drum lessons, I didn't start with, I mean, the, the, you know, the end all be all, mm-hmm. there was a guy that got me set on my way. And then I got yeah, a lot yeah. from him. Um, and then I would go to, okay, this other person. I, I'm also one of the, uh, these people that I, I like learning and incorporating a lot of different techniques into my own playing. The, the one thing I tell my students all the time is that there's no right or wrong way of playing a drum. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely no right or wrong. You know, I mm-hmm. you get all these people like say, that's not how you play that. I'm like, as long as you can play it consistently and you get the sound that you're intending to get, I have no mm-hmm. problem with it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've mm-hmm. seen, you know, I remember going when I was in college, you know, everyone had a big head in college and you'd see this timpani player, this old guy, and he would come and play and he looked and, and people were like, you know, snickering in, in, the, in the clinic he was giving. Yeah. But I, I remember sitting back and I'm like, hey, you guys hear though? He's, I mean, I've never heard a roll on timpani just hit me in the face like that, you know? Yeah, and I'm wow. like, he's getting the sound. It's like, it doesn't matter how he looks and it, it's, mm-hmm. it's what he is, what he's producing is what matters. And like, and when we're, when we're recording, I know you do a lot of, a lot of recording. I do. Mm. It's like wh- whatever I'm doing in the studio, no one sees. No one's watching me. As long as yeah. I'm able to produce that over and over again consistently. And, and it's the sound mm. that I'm, uh, this is my intention. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm wanting it to be that. If it's, all right, I didn't mean it to be that. All right. Then I need to, you know, hone in yeah. on my stuff. So, but yeah, finding, finding a teacher that help you find that and finding teachers that, there's going to be teachers out there that are going to say, no, you have to do it this way. And that's the only way mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. learn from those people. And then you go to this person mm-hmm. and said, all right, this is mm-hmm. one way. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this before. I, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. in, in Kusa mm-hmm. is like my left hand and, and right hand. Th- th- I mean, I'm, I know when I'm teaching kids a specific thing, that switch in my mind goes, okay, mm-hmm. play like I need to demonstrate to them. You yeah. know, whether sure. whether it be like whether it be like pipe band drumming or if it's more mm-hmm. like American traditional or, or like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, I my thing is I'm demonstrating to them. So like, again, that switch flips and that's I, I, I my for the chameleon nature of me learning all these different styles goes into play where my mm-hmm. colors change and I, I go to that. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. I mean, that's that's I mean, I don't want to sit there and play one way and be like, no, don't do that. <laughs> you know, yeah, if you're wanting, yeah, if you're sure. wanting to, if you're wanting to play pipe band drumming, we don't, you know, traditionally don't do that, but you're not doing that. Oh, yeah, right, <laughs> you know, I so so I mean, I, I, yeah. I, you know, but I've, I've there's so many teachers out there that are like, no, that's the wrong way to do it. I was like, no, there's not, yeah. there's no right or wrong, there's no, even when you get to traditional instruments. 
There's the mm. traditional grounded way that, yes, that's how that's played. But man, when, when I pick up a drum, I can't tell you how many times I've picked up a djembe. I'm looking at it right now, djembe or a darbuka mm. or whatever. And I, I'll play it with, you know, with like more of like a, you know, play djembe with like more of a Middle yeah. Eastern te technique or, you know, and yeah, it gets yeah, a different yeah. sound. You know, I was, I was, you know, jamming on, I have a taiko drum and I was like, oh, I was just experimenting with my hands. It's like, oh, it sounds, it sounds like a beefy, thick, you know, frame drum yeah. or I'm like, but it has this whole character. I'm like, so I'm incorporating this other techniques into that instrument. I'm like, there's no right or wrong way to do that, man. Do it. Yeah. And that's, and that's where, that's where, you know, you know, it, you, you, you st again, I, I still want to honor the tradition by learning and appreciating, but then I'm like, you know what, this is a piece of wood that has a membrane stretched across it. How can I create as many different sounds out of it as I can? You know, yeah, and, yeah. and that's what oh, makes man. it fun. You know, I'll sit yeah. and watch, I'll, I'll spin and watch football and sit there playing with a drum. And be like, oh, what's that? Oh, that sounds awesome. You know? Yeah, cool, cool. Oh, man, yeah. that's huge. Wow. How, and I think that's it. Like, you just, um, yeah, like you, you, once you kind of acquire all these skills and, yeah, have respect for the culture and where they came from and the traditional ways of playing, it's, yeah, it's what you do with it and how you adapt those techniques for different instruments and that can spark a completely different you know kind of way of playing and that's what where you know development you know comes from <laughs> and 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 yeah. it's like using these things not just for musical reasons but for listening to people talk and be like and share and like I mean, mm. this is what music is not a, a like a one-way i mean it's like everyone's sharing you're like oh really okay because that it might be someone can tell you something and it could be a life-changing thing to your playing you know mm -hmm. or it'd be something mm -hmm. that you've never been exposed to and it'd be like wow that's really cool Again, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and put that in my my bank yeah. of like I can do now, yeah. you know. So yeah, it's yeah. people like as like are so close, and I and I, I tell this to like my students, and I tell this to other people like don't close these off, you know. Be mm. recept receptive to everything because there, you never know like like what you'll learn, you know. Being mm. humble and and being you know, honest with yourself, be like I'm never gonna stop learning stuff, you know. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you'll just push some stupid knowledge thing out and put that in, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. So Make room useless, for it. Yeah. Useless trivia, you know, thing that you're like, oh, <laughs> now I have this drum thing. And now I like, yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. that's so great. Well, dude, I, yeah, thank you so much for today. There's so much we could keep talking about. I oh, really man. thought we should yeah, have yeah. another chat, but, uh, but I'll, 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 we'll leave it there for today, I think. But um, where can people find you and follow you and, and, uh, and keep in touch with what you're doing? That's a good question, man. I I, I don't yep. know my exact handles. I, everything's pretty much just Kit Chatham, like one word. Okay. So YouTube, cool. it's like I think it's like Kit Chatham. Instagram okay. is Kit Chatham. My website yep. is kitchatham.com. Don't criticize because I haven't touched it in a while. Man, it's so hard. I mean, it's just keeping up with every again, keeping up yeah. with everything and like trying to do it. Like I try to do all that stuff myself. So like, yeah. So like Instagram, Kit Chatham, uh, Facebook, Kit Chatham. It might be Kit Chatham awesome. Percussion. YouTube, I think it's Kit Chatham or Kit Chatham Percussion. Um, if you type in my name, you, I mean, you, you'll yep. you'll find me. And and, and like, feel free to reach out. I mean, I love like yeah. chatting with people and like and and trying to help out the the drum cosmos, you know, yeah. as much as possible. Because I mean, you know, how how else can we help le like leave our legacy behind without like actually help like sharing exactly. this you know like this drum community? So. So man, cool, you man. got and you certainly got so much to to offer. So yeah, thank you so much, man. This has been so great, so much incredible advice and experience and 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 knowledge that uh, that I've certainly <laughs> taken a lot from. I know there's a lot of other guys and girls out there who are gonna 
really appreciate this as well. So yeah, thanks so much again, Kit, and uh, we'll we'll speak soon. All right.